Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 290, brought to you by Hook'em.com. Our good friends at Bud Light, Chad Golden here with the Duck, Kirk Bowles. Duck, March Madness right around the corner, and the Texas Longhorn women are still stalking a Big 12 title. Vic Schaefer, head coach, joins us. The ladies will play at Kansas State at Bramlage Coliseum, 4 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN plus Vic, how are you today? And I'm good guys. Thanks for having me. appreciate the time. Now you still steaming after the loss to Baylor. I know that didn't sit well with you. No, it didn't, but you know how it is, uh, Kirk, when you, you know, it's an emotional time after a game. And, uh, I think when you step back and look at, again, I'm not an excuse guy. Like I'm, I try to be really accountable, but, we were so limited uh, on on Monday night with our injury situation. No Sonia, second leading scorer. We lose Jockalinga at practice the day before. So our first sub off the bench at guard was a walk-on. Our first sub off the bench at the 3-4 was a freshman who didn't play well, had six turnovers, struggled mightily, mm-hmm. and – and so, and then our, uh, you know, we had a couple starters that just wasn't their night. And and so, and I thought Baylor really played well. I thought they played hard. thought they really played with a lot of passion and purpose. Played mm-hmm. like a team that was disappointed that they had lost to us in Waco. Right. And, um, and, and again, you know, we had a big crowd. There was a lot of people in the building. And, you know, for whatever reason, we just didn't handle that very well. But. We had had, you know, we just had a lot of things going against us. And one day of prep, I mean, you think about what our last five games have been and what potentially the K-State team could, could, game could have been. They're already going to be good enough without her. But when this schedule was made out, y'all, they had a 6-6 All-American coming back. And so we finish at Iowa State, at Oklahoma, Baylor with one day of prep at K-State, I don't think too many people were doing us any favors down the stretch. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, you're not going to get a bye until the week of the 20-something. You know, <laughs> so it, it's a – again, I'm not an excuse guy, and those excuses just don't matter. But we got a lot going on and a lot going against us, and it just – it wasn't our night. And it's disappointing because we had 10,000 there – we had a great cause at senior night, but that isn't the first senior night that I've had that's turned into a train wreck. If you do it long enough, 
you're going to have some senior nights that are a wreck. And that certainly, that one certainly was, but, you know, again, I just think you have to, you take a day. I took a day, you take a breath. There's still so much to play for mm-hmm. and you get ready to go play for it. All you can do. And you're, you're 22 and eight, 13 and four in conference on paper. That is, that is right where you need to be at this time of the year. But you look at, at, at the, the mass unit that's that's masquerading as a basketball team. Sonia Morris, quad, she's out Saturday. Aaliyah Moore, ACL, she's out. A Kendall Hunter is not coming back. Deanna Gaston is running around with a bad back, and she might be the most improved big in the conference. And then you got your quarterback, your point guard, lo- logging 37, 38 minutes a game in Rory Harmon. Um, have you ever been through something like this with the injuries, Vic, on in an otherwise pretty good season? Yeah, no, never. I mean, you can throw Taylor in there. You know, she missed extensive time um, early in the year. She still doesn't practice, you know, the full practice. And I think that hurts her. I think that was evident on the defensive end the other night. She, she um, you know, defensively. Uh, offensively and, and rebounding, the kid played her guts out, but defensively um, hedging ball screens was a factor and, and with all our bigs. And so it, it's just a – yeah, it, it's really hard to believe that we're 13-4 and four in the league with so many things that we've had to navigate throughout the course of the year. Hey, I'll even throw this in. Do you realize we weren't even able to get in our own building for a week leading up to the game Monday night because of concerts? Really? So our home court advantage is not a home court when you can't get in there to practice. Wow, couldn't get in there a week. Wow. You see, that was a, you know when they signed when when they opened this this Moody and the schedule was so fat in the spring. We talked, Kirk. We talked about this. When is it going to come a day when 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 uh, Vic or then Chris Beard is going to need to practice before a game and they're setting up for the yeah. weekend or George Strait? Sure. Yeah. So we got in there Sunday night. We were able to get in there Sunday night, but because it's such a short turnaround, we're not in there very long. You know, I don't want to be in there very long. I don't want them doing a lot. So that was the first time we worked out in there since I don't think we were in there one time the week before. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but in any case, but I mean, again, y'all that's, those are just excuses. Nobody cares. It's, you know, we just have to keep, fighting and scratching and clawing. And and this is part of what I just had a conversation with my staff about. There's a toughness factor. I'm just still trying to instill in our kids on on so many different levels as a coach. Sometime I'll, you know, when we're out and we'll have a cold iced tea, I'll share it with you. What any coach would tell you is working against you in that area and what's helping you in that area. And, you know, with this team, we're still trying to instill a toughness factor, right. mentally and physically. And it's hard. It's hard when you're crippled by injury like you have been. And one thing coaches always love is that they want player-led teams. You know, Sed and I talk about that all the time with other coaches. You know, after the the Bader loss, uh, Roy Harmon, Taylor Jones were there at the press conference, and and they called out their teammates a little bit, you know. And did you like seeing that? And does that help just the whole chemistry and what you're building? Yeah, I, I think it it certainly helps. Um, 
again, um, that's being accountable in my mind. That's not in there. You know, I'm not in there talking about all these things that we just mentioned. Like I'm accountable. Hey, my job is to have my team ready to play. We obviously weren't ready to play. I'll be accountable for that. Um, You know, they didn't. I, I think when you hear them talk about effort and energy and, you know, how they feel like they're playing, but again, consistency, um, developing that consistency within themselves, their teammates and our team. And part of that is six new players, Mm -hmm. you know, that are all in your rotation for the most part. Um, not getting them all here in the summer, but getting them here in the fall, all of them, you know, Shaley didn't show up till the fall. Sonia wasn't in here till late in the summer. Taylor was limited uh, until practice in mm-hmm. October because of her coming off her shoulder labrums and surgeries and all that. I mean, Hattie, same thing, had a shoulder in, a labrum in surgery. So she was limited in the summer and in the fall. So we had a lot going on leading up to the year. And so we've had to combat that throughout the course of the season. So, uh, but again, I, I love those kids being accountable there's a side of me that knows, okay, I'm winning the battle a little bit. They are learning a little bit because to me in life, that's, that's what it's all about. You got to be accountable. Your employer, I'll share this story with you. And then this is, I share this when I talk to every clinic that I go to. When I was at Sam Houston state, I got that job in 1990. I wasn't no more ready for that job than a man in the moon being the head coach of the women's basketball team. I had no contacts in the women's game and never coached, you know, a, a, a woman a day in my life, a female, uh, get the job a month after signing date. There's three kids on the team. You know, I signed four kids out of the newspaper and signed four junior college players that had already been picked over three times. <laughs> and we go 11 and 16, nine and 18 and six and 20. And when we were six and twenty, my AD calls me in, and who 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 had gotten the job because he lived next door to the president. <laughs> he was the he, he was the PE director, and <laughs> the football coach who hired me, Ron Randleman, great man, great football coach. He was given the ultimatum after a year: look, either be the football coach or be the AD, but you're not going to be both. To this new president that that we had hired since I had been hired. And so he said, well, I want to coach football. So we hire a new president who's from a division three school back East. So he's got no idea what division one athletics is all about. He hires his neighbor, the PE director to be the AD. So I go six and 20 and he calls me in and he says, Vic, you know, you're not doing a good job. And, you know, you, you got to do this, this, and this. And, and my response as a young inexperienced coach is, well, Dr. Case, I'm doing the best job I can do. You know, I'm doing the best I can. And his response was, well, if that's the best you can do, maybe I need to find somebody else. And so you have to be careful when you say things like that, right? This is the real world. And, and so that's, that's what I'm looking to It's what as coaches, we try to teach these kids. It's not just about X's and O's. It's not just about wins and losses. You want them to learn accountability excuses just don't matter y'all and we got all of them i got them all i'm reading this morning in in uh, an email i get from just women's sports talking about uconn and how gino's got all these injuries too 
And yet he's saying the same thing I'm saying. Stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. Stop, stop belaboring how many minutes you play. Stop talking about recovery and uh, how you're feeling. You know what? Just let's just all do our job. Me as a head coach, trainers as trainers, strength coaches as strength coaches. Stop talking about it. It's what we have there. You know, let's just put our head down and go to work. Whatever our job is, do our job. Live in so, reality. Live in reality. That's, right. that's, that's, just, that's, 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 that's real just, life. You have to take that mindset, y'all. Yeah, I'm you do. talking about it. It's nothing going to be done. I mean, my best teams at Mississippi State, Morgan William, played 38 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Even though I had a backup until Jazz was ready to play, Morgan played 35, 38. Blair Schaefer played 39 minutes a game her senior year. Never whimpered one day. Do what you got to do. Victoria Vivians played 35 minutes a game by All-American. Tierra McAllen. She'd get pissed when I pulled her out of a game. <laughs> That's what I, you. I'd have to tell her, "T, we're up thirty. I don't care. I don't want to come out." <laughs> you love Those that. Are, so, the minutes played thing and all that. I mean, that's just a narrative that I don't even want. Don't Let's just do what we got to do and go win a championship. We're in this position. You can do this your whole career as a coach, your whole life as a player, and never be in this position. Let's get it done. Right. I got um I'm just gonna ask you, do you have enough dogs in that locker room to get it done given these injuries? Great question, uh, Cedric. I you know, I think that's always been a makeup of my team is that I just got tough kids, man. They just are competitive. They have a competitive spirit. They they embrace toughs, you know, toughness. They embrace being the tougher. A uh, tougher person, um, but I also think too that you create that. I don't think it's. I don't think you're just born that way. I think that's something that has to be you create in in people, and you know it's hard to create that within a team when you have some of the things that we've had happen to us with all the injury. I got three kids with ACL standing around every day. I got. You know, kids that have to go over on the bicycle because they can't practice but half a day. That, to me, doesn't create an aura or a gym full of toughness. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. if if your doggone defensive line is half of them are over there on the bicycles during sled drill, you ain't creating toughness with those guys. No. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with your offensive line. If if some somebody says, ah, they can't do that, and they're over there on the bicycle while your doggone freshmen and walk-ons are doing sled drill, you ain't creating toughness. Yeah. You know, because those are the guys that are probably playing your minutes, right? But yeah. they're over Cre- on the bicycle. Creating more doubt than anything. So, yeah. I mean, it's, that's part of what we're dealing with. And, and, again, part of what, you know, I just feel like is working against us somewhat. And – We've got to try to find a way to navigate that a little bit better. Last question I got for you, Vic, is that you're currently listed as a four seed in the bracketology. You know, top four seeds host first two rounds. That's critical. You feel like you've already done enough to to secure that, or do you feel like, hey, need to beat K State? Got to do something in the tournament, or do you feel secure? 
you know, I, I, there's a side of me that am, I can be both ways. There's a side that feels like our power ranking is top 10, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. is the old, uh, the old RPI, you know, strength of schedule bit. Um, right. Our net as before the game, we shouldn't have lost any ground just because we played a Baylor team who probably has a, a decent uh, net as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we've, our net was 10 as of Monday afternoon. Um, we've got one more game, obviously, on the road to a team that beat Iowa, right, beat right. Baylor by 20. And <laughs> winning games by 20 is important versus winning by two. They mm-hmm. take all that into consideration. So they just beat a Baylor team by 20. Uh, they've had some other other wins throughout. So, you know, to me, we've we've certainly done enough. I think if you win the Big 12, I think that's plenty. Yeah, that's really league, course, plenty good. And, you know, we've we've certainly beaten some good teams in our league, some ranked teams in our league by 20. Yeah. You know, beat Oklahoma <laughs> twice by 20, beat Iowa State by 15. Um, you know, you went on the road at Baylor by 13. Um, so I, I think we've done some things that are good enough, but at the end of the day, we can control it by just taking care of ourselves, right? You got to go on the road. You're going to be, you know, you're going to have to be prepared to play a, a well-coached, a team that's playing so much better. Uh, K-State at home on senior night. 13-3 um, at the house, Vic. They're 13 Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's always been a tough place to play. And so – uh, as y'all know, they'll they'll probably have a great crowd Saturday afternoon, um, and and so it's it's uh, you know, but again, we're in the position, y'all. Like it shouldn't matter who we're playing. You're at home playing in front of ten thousand with a chance to uh, win a title outright. Man, it's all everything you got. It's fight your butt off. You know, yeah. it's compete, um, and and so doesn't matter how you feel it's it what matters is the moment you know and so that's where i think we're at right now with this group we'll watch film with them today we had yesterday off we'll watch film today we'll shoot with them i probably give those kids you know a little bit more and then we'll get after it thursday friday and fly out and go down there and play on saturday awesome awesome any ladders before then okay (laughs) say it again don't walk under any ladders before Saturday, okay? And if you knew how superstitious I was, it's so un, it's so <laughs> ungood to be as superstitious as I am, and yet, <laughs> Lord have mercy, I'm a creature of habit. Oh, oh man! Well, good this luck. It's going to be raucous at Bramlage, Texas, at Kansas State, four o'clock on ESPN Plus. Don't be cheap. Get the app. It's so worth it. It is so <laughs> worth it. It is so worth it. Vic, we appreciate it, man. Good luck on this weekend, and um, we'll we'll see you when you get back and uh, get ready to talk about a little Big 12 tournament. Thank you all so much for your time and your coverage. I so appreciate you all, and um, you guys have a great day. Praise you the Lord. Too, Take care. All right, Thank man. you, Vic. Bye-bye. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula.
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. On Second Thought. Well, Doug, Vic Schaefer is keeping it real about his team. And, um, you know, um, leadership is important. And he and Rory Harmon seem to be on the same page. But those others are going to have to come on and they're going to have to get healthy. Yep. And they better do it fast. They better do it really fast because the money games are coming up. Um, we got to hit on the, the men as well. Let a golden opportunity slip through their fingers um, in Waco and Kansas won on um, Tuesday night. Um, what they beat? Was it Texas Tech? They beat Texas Tech, and yeah. Texas Tech played really well. That was nip and tuck game until the very end, and then you know Texas Tech couldn't buy a shot and uh, kind of let a golden opportunity slip away because <clears throat> you know if Texas Tech entertains any illusions of being a bubble team and getting on. Boy, a win over Kansas on the road would have been a heck of a that, feather. That, that was their chance, Duck. That was, that was their chance. Duck. And now Kansas has another share of the title, 17th time in 19 years. That's They've just won this conference. And, not, uh, and it's not a great Kansas team, but they're going to be another No, it's team, not Duck. a great Kansas team. It's not a vintage team. And honestly, I don't even like it that much. I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're good. But people are talking about them being the number one seed in the entire tournament. And it's not a vintage Kansas team. And Bill Self's done a great job in, in winning the conference, at least, at least a half of it. So to this point. And so. K.J. Adams got a little banged up. Our Westlake's K.J. Adams. Hope he's, hope he's okay moving forward of the undersized center. <laughs> but, um, that it, you know, Texas Texas had his chance. And, um, you know, now, you know, now it's um, – it's on the March Madness, but um, it's going to be a fun game on Saturday, regardless. Kansas coming in here to the Moody Center uh, to play the Horns. Uh, look, we're looking forward to that. That's going to be raucous, and uh, anytime the Jayhawks roll into town, they bring their fans with them, Duck. So that's going to be fun. In Texas plays tonight against TCU as of our taping right now. So Wednesday Texas- they played. They already played Wednesday night. Right, they will have already played when you watched it. Yeah. And uh, that that would uh, would have been a must game if Texas entertains illusions of splitting a, a championship with Kansas to make Saturday's game against Kansas uh, relevant. So uh, uh, that way they want to stay on that three line, that two or three line, and they 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 got to win one of those two. So yeah, I don't, I can't see them falling below three. I really no. can't, considering what no. they've done, you know. But two and three, the higher you get, the lesser the opponent. So. Every one of these games is important, and you probably want to win a game uh, in Kansas City, you know, just to keep that momentum up. You don't want to – you know, they lost to Baylor. You know, TCU Wednesday night, tough game, and then Kansas. And you don't want to limp into the NCAA tournament. You want to keep the momentum, the confidence level high. Doug, what are your feelings on the conference tournament? Uh, I'm I'm one of those people. I don't hide from the fact that I don't mind a team – going into the conference tournament that knows it's going to be in the NCAAs, uh, winning one and losing one, uh, keeping the legs going and and then getting back home and getting ready and being fresh for the real games because NCAA tournament is the ultimate prize. Conference tournament is, is more about money and teams on the bubble trying to get in. Neither of these Texas teams is on the bubble. 
And I know particularly Vic Schaefer's team could really use some rest uh, from from uh, with all the injuries they've had. And, it's uh, a money maker. Everybody knows it's it's money maker. It's television inventory for ESPN to put something on to wet people's appetites. So you know it's pretty meaningless. The uh, only thing it could really do is kind of hurt the the top seeds because you know they've proven themselves over what in the Big Twelve is an eighteen game gauntlet. Played everybody twice. The only double round robin in the country, I believe. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of meaningless, but you know everybody's kind of got an agenda. You want to get somebody healthy. You maybe want to get a a, a bench some playing times. You want to get people's minds straight. And uh, but I'll say this: it's entertaining. I'll usually watch because uh, it's high level basketball. Yeah, it is. So um, also um, the NFL scouting combines this weekend, and five five Texas players. Will be there. Bijan Robinson, Moro Ojemoki, Andre Coburn, Roshan Johnson, and Demarvion Overshawn are going to be there. And uh, there are photos circulating on on the web of Bijan Robinson, absolutely ripped. Not like he wasn't ripped before, but he's added about ten pounds of muscle. Uh, the big conversation right now about Bijan Duck is uh, he's the top. He's one of the top prospects in the draft. He's top three or four prospect. But the mock drafts have him going upwards in the 20s. I saw the last one I saw was number 27 to the Buffalo Bills. Man, the devaluing of running backs is brutal, though. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he's still around at number 27, though. You're right. They running back has been devalued for years now and will continue to be. It's because their lifespan and longevity. You know, isn't like you know a defensive end or a cornerback or or somebody like that. I mean, or a quarterback, or a quarterback. So you know, I I bet he'll be gone by twenty. You know, people will see the value they have and and jump on him because they know what he brings to the table and great hands, great person, great vision, great spin move, great character. I mean, he checks every box. So I'll be shocked if he's still there after twenty. I wrote he shouldn't run. In Indianapolis, but I know he will. Uh, it, it won't matter because he they know what he's bringing to the table. That's kind of a slow track at the Lucas Oil Stadium, and uh, it's faster here in Moncrief. I bet he runs four four there, and 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 goes even lower here in Moncrief. I mean, he can fly and uh, big and fast equates. So um, I think in our 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 take last week, you wrote that. Uh, Snacks Colburn would probably benefit the most from uh, this combine experience. What what do you think his upside is in this league? Well, he he brings a big body. He's a good run clogger. You know, he's not to be confused as a pass rusher, but he can be a disruptor up front. And I'm not saying he's the next Puna Ford, but you know, we love. We love no. I didn't say he's that good, but uh, I think we all know people were sleeping on Puna Ford. That's uh, what his size. He went to the pros, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know, Coburn's got great character too. He's a great personality. He's a great team guy. You know, he remember he played in the Alamo Bowl, and he said, "These are my boys. I ain't letting them down. I'm going to play." And you know, I'm sure that that kind of speaks to some general managers and and head coaches too so uh but uh yeah it's gonna be interesting but uh you know i think he picked over to kind of try to shine a light on his skills and i think he's got that speed 
that's the one thing he can't coach. Yeah, we had a we had a scout come up to us during the season and said, "Man, he was shocked if he doesn't go in the third round because he can run like the wind. Mm-hmm. Because he can run, and and that's what they're asking these linebackers to do now. Doug is cover and go sideline to sideline and chase. They're not asking them to be Brian Urlacher or, or Zach Thomas, uh, those physical guys that were getting 15, 16 tackles a game. The game has changed more, and so. Um, guys like Overshawn are like converted safeties who can run, not very big guys, and uh, they're being asked to do a lot more than their predecessors. Well, well, we've kind of buried the lead here a little bit. Uh, I sent you out to uh, Dishfog Field to fix the Longhorns. (laughs) I thought – How did you jump on baseball so fast? Well, not so fast. You know, they're three and five. That's unusual. That's – you know, that's why I say bearing the lead, because that's not uh, Longhorn-like. Uh, and they had a great atmosphere, a great opponent, and they played them toe-to-toe before giving up a three-run jack in the ninth. Uh, yeah. Just a couple things that jumped out of me, then I want to get your opinion, because you were there in the house. LeBaron Johnson, fantastic wow. game, his best game as a Longhorn. He ought to be in the rotation on weekends. I think he will. And then the offense has just been abysmal. And uh, – EK is doing well. I think he's the only guy hitting over 286 in that lineup, and that's not going to win many games because I think their team batting average is 214, which is uh, last in the Big 12. Now, their pitching ERA is first, but their defense, again, is six. So, you know, it's like, what does this team do great? uh, Nothing. Nothing. Um, I I will say this. The the, if LeBaron – can can bring that consistency. Uh, if he can pitch like that, three out of four starts, then the Longhorns going to be in a lot of three to two type games this year. Um, he was nails against um, one of the better uh, lineups in the country. Three guys uh, hitting over four ten, I think the f- top three in the lineup, and between Seven over three hundred. Yeah, between them, they got one hit. <clears throat> and eight plate appearances against LeBaron Johnson. And strike yeah, LSU came in hitting 328 as a team. That is a that is a murderer's road, Doc. And mm-hmm. and um that that was the one exciting part about this game. The Longhorns have scored eleven runs in their last thirty four innings. Duck, that doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. That just won't cut it. I uh, and I know we've 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 been around this team a long time, this program and the offense is sometimes the last thing to arrive. But the thing that worries me most is there are so many unprovens on this team. And, and um, I, I mean, you know, you know, Porter Brown looks like he could be a star. but um, And then EK has to stay healthy. And Dylan Campbell's the, old, the other holdover that played a lot last year. But by and large, Duck. I just don't know how good they can get offensively. I don't see anyone that scares me, scares me in this lineup besides Porter Brown. Well, Dylan Campbell's been a huge disappointment. Uh, I would say the biggest disappointment on the whole team. Uh, like you mentioned, he and EK, who has moved to center field, you know, were supposed to be the mainstays, the guys you could count on. And he's hitting under 200, not driving in runs. You know, hadn't hit a home run yet. You know, Porter Brown's hit three and has flashed and looks like a, a really good player. But 
but you said it. There's so many unproven's and unknowns, and you got, you know, freshmen like you know Jared Thomas at first, and Jalen Flores at third that are unproven, and it looked a little bit overmatched at the plate. Mitchell Daly moved over from second to short. He's not proven. He had a terrible offensive year last year. Uh, Gillamet, he impresses me. I think he's. I like a, the catcher. He's like a good catcher. player. Guy from USC transfer and. And they got some. They got some pitching. They got some pitching uh, firepower, but they're gonna really. They're gonna have to maximize that pitching staff because they're not gonna score. You know, six runs, seven runs in many games. They're gonna have to nickel and dime it and play a little gust ball, if you will. Maybe bunt a little bit more just to get some base runners. So much pressure <clears throat> on, on Lucas Gordon, the Friday night yeah. guy. Definitely. And, um, you know, Zay Morehouse, uh, Travis Staley, and that's where LeBaron can come in and really help. Um, mm-hmm. David Pierce, um, he didn't didn't hide from it. He goes, we had a long way to go offensively. Oh, yeah. A long way to go. And they got to get that team batting average up to around 265, 270, or they're not going anywhere this year, Doug. And two huge disappointments, Chris Stewart – you know, comes on, throws a strike, and then eight straight balls. Yes, couldn't get it over. Couldn't to get it set over. up the, the winning rally for LSU. That's unacceptable. I don't know if we're going to see him in a big moment uh, again. It might be a minute minutes. before we see him again. And I don't even put it on Andre Duplantier because he came in no, and 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 <clears throat> and uh, Gavin Dugas was sitting dead red. He knew this guy's got to throw me fastballs. He's got to throw strikes. But he didn't have any margin for error after after Stewart, you know, walked two. And then the bottom of the ninth, three up, three down, didn't uh, register a peep. Didn't, they just didn't put much pressure on LSU like Texas baseball teams do. Manufacture runs, you know, uh, EK aside, they're just, there weren't many difficult chances for LSU. So it was a little bit hard to know how good LSU is. I know they, they fattened up their batting averages early, but I don't think they haven't played the people that Texas has played. And now Texas 0-4 in the SEC. That ain't a good sign. That ain't a good sign. That's not a good sign at all. I was talking to uh, Jeff Howe of uh, 24-7 Sports, and uh, we were on the way back up to the press box, and he we were talking about the record against the SEC, and he goes, say, could you imagine in a couple of years they're going to be playing against Tennessee – and and LSU and and Florida and I mean that is a great baseball conference, Doug. And well, the West, the SEC West, was almost entirely at Omaha, and Tennessee was number one in the country. It didn't get didn't even get to Omaha. That's that's a dynamite league. It really is. So, but uh, David Pierce has got to get him up to speed. He's got a year and a half to to get him SEC ready. And like I said, he's got a monumental task ahead of him. Man, uh, can't wait. Uh, the rest of the season, a lot of season left for DP and company. They can get this thing turned around. But we don't have a lot of time left on this podcast, Duck. We need to put this thing to bed. We so appreciate uh, Vic Schaefer for joining us and dropping a little knowledge on the on women's basketball. And we will be back. A Big 12 tournament. Coming up, we're going to set the table next week. Spring football coming up. We're going to be all over that. And that will do it for episode 290 of On Second Thought. For the Duck Kirk Bowles, 
I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.